He's hitting the button. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to our new episode of What's Good with Kente. I am joined by uh, a guest co-host. Now, normally I don't do this show. You might hear a little feedback. Hold on a second. Kent. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, normally, I do the show without a co-host. But today, I said, you know what? I want a co-host. And I'm bringing in the big guns. So all the way from Toronto is the one and only L.A. Wade. How you doing, L.A.? How are you? It's so great to be here. Thanks for having me, especially because you usually do your own thing here and you clearly saw that I would be of a benefit to you. Oh, for so I'm sure. Here, I'm here for you. For sure. I I, I appreciate that, too. Um, <laughs> you know, helping me carry the load tonight. Um, so this is you can't our all those women, you know, you can't handle all these women. No, right. I need I needed help. You I needed, needed help. I needed help for sure. Uh, so, uh, tonight we have the pleasure of being joined by three wonderful, beautiful ladies, all sisters, all comedians at different stages of their careers. And I really wanted to do a sh program. I've been wanting to do this for a while, uh, a program where we talk to funny ladies and, you know, and get wh why they wanted to tell jokes and different things and stuff like that. And we're so fortunate to have these three beautiful ladies and uh, i'll start off with the, the the first lady who i've known for quite a while now uh, back in the uh blab days uh you know she uh was at the very beginning of her comedy career when i first met her and she's just blossomed and is doing so wonderful and we're just everybody's just so proud of her and which and the growth that she's had it's we're one, one and only danny red wine how you doing danny Hey! Yay! Yes. Yay! Oh, that was such a cute introduction, Kente. Yeah. Well, Over the days. I've yeah. al I've always been a fan of you as a person, and what you do, and you know, you're very inspiring, and uh, so so I'm I'm glad to have you back on the program today. Thanks. I'm glad to be here. All right. So this next young lady, I met her. Uh, I guess it's been about a couple of weeks now. And I met her through uh, the Dr. Vibe show. Dr. Vibe, who's in the chat room as well on Get Vocal. Uh, Dr. Vibe, who, as you know, all the people who know Dr. Vibe, you know, he's our mentor. And um, this young lady was um, promoting an event, an online comedy event. And uh, so I got to know her and it was perfect timing to, for her to come on the show. And that is Lady Day. How are you doing, Lady Day? I am fantastic. Thanks for having me on the show. Yes, thank you Let's for being forward here. forward to the chat. Yes, it's going to be fun. All right, so this next young lady uh, I met through a good friend of mine. His name, uh, he goes by Lamb, and uh, he's a crazy character. And um, she is a another uh, woman who has many talents, and comedy is one of them. She's, as you can see behind her, uh, she has the chessboard. She's online teaching how to play chess as well oh, so you no. can you can so she's a, uh i said she i said you're a, does that make you a chess master or mistress i i didn't know which uh, what the term is so uh she'll fill us in on that and that is dana kill hey there you guys hey, so, hey. It's 
So in the world of chess, there, there's only like uh, expert, master, grandmaster. That's that's it. So there isn't even when women um, achieve the norms and the rating level to become an expert, a master, or grandmaster, still considered those things. Um, so there isn't like a special dispensation in terms of uh, the title. Um, and I am a chess teacher at the heart of everything, just a chess teacher who wants to teach everybody from five to 95. My oldest student is 93, uh, how to play the game. And that's it. So I have a blast because the game is the game of you. It's all these pieces represent you. So it's just, uh, it's more about you when you learn to play. As long as you're not a so grand, there's no, so it's, there's no such thing as a chess mistress, only the master. Well, as long as you're not a, a chess grand dragon, <laughs> that'd be something totally different. What's wrong with that, Kente? <laughs> now you don't want to be a grand dragon. That's a that's the KKK. <laughs> so, uh oh, Dana, yeah, you're having some uh, uh, technical difficulties. So. I do. Yeah. I have yeah. All right. She's on mute. Okay. All right, so um, uh, L.A., yes, we'll yes. start off with you. Um, Why did you start with me? Well, I, just hear me out. Hear me oh, out. Okay, hear right. me out. Hey, Stephanie, I see Stephanie in the chat. and uh, oh, I didn't see anybody. Uh, Maya, I can't see anybody in the chat. Um, Neither can I. If you, if you, there's the comment should be on the right side of your screen. It should be a comment yeah, section. Yeah, the last one I said Dana. Yeah, you're looking at the private. You want to go to? Oh, uh, I see him. Yeah, okay. Hi, Steph. Hi, Boo. Yeah, Andre. Let's see, we got Andre. So, uh, all right, and I can I'll flash the ones that are on um, Facebook onto the screen. I can be able to do that. All right, so L.A. I'm yes. someone who grew up loving the com- loving comedy. I hung out in comedy clubs. You know, have tons of favorite comedians go back you know years to the right now uh-huh. and a, a lot of the favorite comedians are women as well and um unfortunately i feel like a lot of women don't get their just due in the comedy game um and you know there's a lot of reasons for it we'll talk about it tonight but i just wanted to ask you as the co-host um what are some of the comedians that you always liked, uh, female female wise? Well, it's sad that I can just count them on my my probably on my one hand, but if I stretch, maybe on my two hands. Mm. There's always names that you hear, but that's not what I want to say. What I want to say is uh, us melanated people. Mm-hmm. We have such characters in our family that I think we're always exposed to comedy. <laughs> to be honest, I mean, I could say. My Auntie Irva is one of the funniest people I've ever met in my life. But the world doesn't know that. So I could say she's my favorite comedian, and nobody would know who I was talking about. So I would say that there's many people in my life that have been funny. Like some girlfriends, man, I know a little call that we would be crying from laughing so hard. So the texture's all there. We have to just put it together like these wonderful ladies have been able to do. Yes. Mm-hmm. Very well said. Very well said. All right, so <laughs> let me start off with, with you, Danny. First question: um, uh, A lot of us do know your backstory, but for those who don't know, how did you first get into comedy? What was the catalyst to get you in there? Um, breast cancer. 
I got diagnosed with breast cancer uh, back in 2013, and I had my mastectomy, and I was going through my process of reconstruction, and I was going through a hard time. Like that was like it was a tough moment in my life for me, and I, I needed I needed something to give me some motivation. I created like a bucket list just to start seeing things that I've always wanted to do. Um, when you go through cancer, there's there's almost like an urgency to do things that you haven't been able to do or tap into or or even try, you know, for for that fact. So the only thing that was attainable on my list was to do stand up and um, signed up for an open mic and did five minutes. I think I I think I barely got five minutes. I was under five, but I did a really good job. I did two. I got two are approached by two people to do other shows after that night. And I've been, I've been hooked ever since. I actually took it seriously after that. I think we were talking about this the other day. Like if you were able to conquer cancer, I mean, going up on stage ain't nothing, right? You know, I went up there, the initial jitters were there, but as soon as I got on stage and I got that first laugh, it was like all of the nervous went away. So it it was good for me because I like to laugh. I come from a, a family, like L.A. said, I come from a family full of comedians. And I used to be the kid that used to sneak at the bottom of the stairs and listen to my mom and dad, listen to Red Fox albums mm-hmm. and <laughs> Richard Pryor albums, you know. So I would always hear stand-up comedy growing up throughout my life. So I knew what to do. I knew what it was. I knew about time. I didn't know everything about etiquette, but I eventually learned. But I knew enough to feel confident enough to do it. And it was it was like my therapy. It was something that I needed to to take my mind off all the other shit I was going through. Oh, shit. Can we say shit? Oh, yeah. You can say whatever you like. (laughs) So, you know, I had a lot of shit on my plate, you know, so I, I needed something that was a positive outlet for me. And 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 comedy fit the bill for me. Um, all right, so I'm going to ask Lady uh, Day the same question. What got you into comedy? Um, so much like Danny, it was on my bucket list. There is no no cancer, but it was something that I joked about having on my bucket list. I had a colleague that I joked about for the longest while saying, um, you know, we're going to do one show. We're going to go on the road with the one show and call it This Is Why I'm Single. And so I finally got a chance to put my money where my mouth was and test it out. And again, just hooked from the first time I clearly remember. And this was recent. This was just in August. But as I was stepping off the stage, all I could think was, I have got to do this again. I had such a good time, um, fully, fully enjoyed it and thought this is it was completely addictive for me. And I thought I've got to try this again and um, was pleased that I was able to. I knew I was funny, but to be funny with your friends and to be funny on stage with a diversified group of people are two different skill sets. And so I was pleased to see that I could actually make a a bunch of different people laugh. Um, And so then it was just challenge was on. I have, um, you know, my one of my closest friends is um, has been doing it for years and has been volunteering me into certain jobs. And so that's given me more opportunity to do it and I've I'm loving every minute of it. Mm. I'm loving hearing it. Cause we're in the same city. And that's dope. Now that I know this, man, this is so great. I can't wait to connect 
and help to expose you to whoever you want to get exposed to. That's dope. I love that. And a woman of color here in Toronto, I know what the scene is like here. <laughs> Man, you got <laughs> yeah. all the crabs are on top of each other. We just don't have the population size. So that's why we were right. going to expose ourselves to the, to the state because there's just yeah. a lot of people here. Right. I had a conversation with Kinti and I was telling him how um, years and years ago I went to Yuck Yuck's, um, what they called the Black Comedy Night. And I'm like, y'all just need to call it everybody who's not white night because it was not just black people. Like it was basically minority night. And like, I think there was a Persian guy on Black Comedy Night. And I'm like, listen, like every pigmented person that they thought was funny was on stage that night. And I'm like, okay, y'all need to change the name if it's going to be more than black people. But that's the scene in Toronto. And especially back then was just so sparse. They were just grabbing what they could. Wow. Yeah, it's true. It's 100% true. I, I testify. And I was like, testify. Like, what? <laughs> having a good conversation. Yes. What is that? Oh, no, that was uh, something's going on in Danny's background. But, oh, okay. Uh, all right. So, uh, Dana, how, could, how did you get involved in comedy? Uh-oh, Dana. Can you hear me, Dana? Dana? I can't. Okay, I... Oh, well, let me see. Let's try it. Um, let's try it. Let's try it back. I cannot hear anything anybody is saying at all. I don't know. I may be the odd man out. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a... I mean, when I say I hear nothing anybody is saying, I'm not getting nothing. I can't hear anything. I can barely hear you. I don't know what to do anymore because I'm muted. You muted me. Yeah. what to do because I can't hear anything. I can't hear your questions. I can't hear anybody's questions. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, I, I don't know what to do. So uh, it, it was funny. We were we tested it out be, in the beginning before the I show. It was fine. So maybe that girl in the bottom. Translate everything that everybody's saying. It's okay. It's all right. It's all good. All right. All right. So, sorry about that, everybody. Uh, okay, so um, did you have something, uh, uh, LA, before I continue? No, now the, the sign language is gone. There's no need to talk about it. No, okay, okay, okay. All right, so um, I want to talk about your experiences uh, being on stage, right? And uh, a lady day said something that was very interesting, uh, that you can be the funny guy uh, at the break room or the funny lady at the break room or the funny person in church but it doesn't necessarily mean that you can go up on stage and, and uh, make people laugh. I've seen it many times where that guy thought he was going to be funny and then they, they did an open mic and then he went up on stage and embarrassed himself, you know? So how do you know that you're not just the funny mom or the funny, um, you know, person in your family and that you actually have like, you know, the juice to go up there and really become a stand-up comedian. We'll start off with you, Danny. How did you know that that was something that really was for you? Uh, shit, I still question it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not easy being a comedian. I think it's the hardest job on the planet. Um, but but I, I think that there is, is, is a place where something in you transcends into who you want to be on stage. 
um, it, getting up there, getting your feet wet, you know, you, you still just figuring out the lighting, um, you figuring out how you hold the microphone. Do you, do you stand? Do you put your hand in your pocket? Do you pace the stage? Like there, there's just so many different ways that you go about finding your feet. Um, when I first started out, I, I really didn't have a, a swag on stage, if you will. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. sometimes I had the microphone on the stand. Sometimes I took it off. Uh, it just kind of depends. I think every time it, it can feel different. But while you're in the de- de- developmental phases of it. Mm-hmm. But once you get comfortable, it's, it's, it's just an adrenaline rush that you get. And then you get up there and do your thing. Is I think some people catch on to it better, faster than others. Like I have, there's comedians that haven't been doing it as long as me and they are awesome comedians, but they have the time to put into it because it does take a lot of time. You got to put in a lot of gym work. You have got to be in those open mics. You have got to take every show that you can get your hands on. You've got to network with people, um, you know, in order to get your feet wet, but it's all about practice. I mean, the more you practice with your writings, like I think there's a lot of times where I think of stuff that I think is funny and I just try it on stage because in the open mics, that's like your gym where you where you try out new jokes. And I've bombed a lot of times on shit I thought was hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so it's just it's just one of those things that you have to kind of find the the connectability with, with your audience. Like you have to find something that connects with them. Like look out, look into your audience. I'm, I'm kind of getting to a place now where I check my audience out. Do I have older people in here? Do I have younger people in here? Are there interracial couples? Are there Hispanics in here? Like I need something that I can kind of tap into them as who they are to, to get them to, to receive my jokes that I have for them. Because I feel like when you're a comedian, you, you start to develop material for everybody. Nobody's safe. Let's just say that. No, nobody's safe in comedy. You know, um, sometimes you know your kids can be safe in regards to certain situations, but you know, don't don't bring your kid around a comedian barbecue for sure and, <laughs> and not to handle their ass because because they gonna get lit up and the baby gonna get lit up too. So you know, it's just one of those. It's just one of those things. You know, you have to kind of absorb your environment and. And, and see how to how to dance with their asses, you know, so to speak. Mm. Okay. I love that. Um, yeah, I like that. All right. Oh, let's see. Let's try Dana one more time. All right, Dana. Sounding promising. Can you hear us? And it's not true. <laughs> uh oh, Dana. Can you hear us? Let me put her. Let me isolate her. Dana, can you hear us? I don't hear static. No, you sound good. You sound good. Can you hear me? I don't know what the question is, but I'm here and I don't hear static and everybody sounds beautiful and amazing. Oh, wow. But you don't hear us. So uh, hilarious. There we go. Yeah, hilarious. All right. So, <laughs> all right. So uh, we'll go to you, lady. Um, um, how would you describe your your comedy style? I know you're very young into the game, but um, right now, what would you say is your style? So what's interesting is when I first started doing this, I was like, I don't want to call myself a comedian. Like I felt like I didn't have the right to call myself a comedian, but I had already been doing public speaking. So what I've learned is the art of storytelling. And so I just feel like I tell funny stories. 
And so my style is really wrapping up the humor in and in interweaving the humor into the story that I'm telling and hoping that what I'm telling is funny. I mean, I've added some stuff now. Um, the last two times I did stuff, I um, messed with some songs because I like to do that. And that seems to work, too. Um, but because I'm so new at it, I don't know if I have a style. The only thing I can say that's kind of consistent is there's usually me telling some kind of a story and there's humor in the story. Mm. Yeah. Uh, can, I ask okay. a question? can I ask a question? Sure, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Do you ever feel like, uh, Lady Day, are you ever worried about the context of being Canadian talking over into the U.S. market? Kind of like I've heard some from some people that they don't, they didn't get major hypes um, for comedy when they were just when they're American and their heritage mm-hmm. is American. Do you ever think about how that is true for you crossing over? Um, I don't know if I've thought about crossing over again because I'm so new at this. Um, that hasn't really crossed my mind so much as a lot of my my stuff has been about dating and um, fails in in my dating life. And a lot of those fails have included men who are from other nations. And so there's lots of accents when I'm telling my stories. And so sometimes I wonder if that might get lost in maybe a crowd that isn't as diversified as somewhere like Canada, where you just kind of assume a room full of black people has got a decent amount who are recently from the Caribbean, whether it's them or their parents, or recently from somewhere on, you know, the African continent. And so they can appreciate it different than somebody who is multi-generation North American. Um, But by the same token, people tend to like accents. So sometimes for them, the humor is just in the accent. And then usually the absurdity in what I've had said to me kind of makes everybody laugh because there's that shock factor of, did she just say that the guy said dot, dot, dot? (laughs) Yes, I can relate. I completely can relate. Stephanie in the chat was talking about that fact about multicultural people in the comedy tends to go in that direction when you're from Canada. She has a friend in Toronto. Mm. Yeah, Yeah, we have it up on screen. Yes. All right. So, uh, Dana, can you hear us? Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Can you hear us, Dana? <laughs> is, this, is this a part of the bit? I guess, right. It's the bit, right? We're working, we're working out a bit. All right. Uh, all right. All right. So being, you know, such beautiful ladies, right? And um, you guys have stories to tell about your experiences and what and whatnot. Um, do you ever find yourself, do you get prejudged? Uh, we'll start with you, Danny. Do you think you get prejudged? Like when you come out on stage? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I do. I get prejudged. Everyone thinks I'm such an angel. (laughs) Cause I'm so so nice. (laughs) When they see me cut a rug on stage, they're like, whoa, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> but, you know, I, I, try to, I try to stay true to myself as possible because, I mean, I don't know how to be anybody else. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I, I try to just come in there with a good attitude and I love people. But, you know, with all the stuff that's on the Internet, you can post a meme and people judge you based off of that meme. Like... You know, it, it doesn't it doesn't matter really 
what you bring to the stage. I mean, you can say one thing that people find to pick apart and then they don't like you no more. You know what I mean? Like there, there was a time where there was a, I, I posted like a video, I think it was on Instagram and the girl was like, um, well, I didn't think that video was funny. And I was like, well, it's not for everybody, you know? Mm-hmm. And I went back and forth with this girl about this video for probably about a good, maybe once or twice. And then after that, I was like, why am I explaining to this girl that the video I think is funny is funny? Right. <laughs> like, right. you know what I mean? Like, this, this is pointless. But she probably would have kept arguing with me. You know, it's just... It's just something for people to do. People have nothing better to do than to sit around and watch people and judge them based off of what they see. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I really, I used to give a shit about what people thought. And now I'm just, the older I get, the less I give a shit. I, I just, I don't care. I have to be comfortable in my own skin and be a good mother to my children and a good daughter to my mother and that's that's the only thing I'm concerned about <laughs> if they still love me at the end of the day I don't give a shit what anybody thinks about Danny Redwine let's just put that out there <laughs> love it uh, what about you, what about you uh, Lady Day I, I know like I said you're you're quite new at this but um, what do you think that uh, you're, the first impression you usually give when you uh Come out get ready, stage. Lady Day. <laughs> get ready. Um, this well, people can pick up that I have a big, bold personality. Um, but mm-hmm. the biggest community I know in Toronto is a community. I'm a church girl. So when I talk about my dating life and I might say something that somebody said to me, it might seem outrageous. And I've had moments of, if my pastor was here, what would he think, right? <laughs> but it's the truth of what's said. And... You know, the older I get now, there's some people that will argue I never had a filter. I would like to say I did, but the older I get, the less filter I have. So I'm going to just say what I'm going to say. And it is what it is. Um, Right. So, and I, you know, I, my, my filter has gone with gravity. It's I'm, I'm too old for, for those things to be working well in my life. And uh, so I just, you know, you got to be straight and I work in mental health. So I'm all about, I need to find moments to laugh because I can have a day where I might do my job really well, but doing my job really well means I spend eight hours in heaviness and hearing people's horrible stories of, of the different things that people experience. So at the end of the day, yeah, I want some levity to break all of what I might have heard in that day. And Absolutely. so I'm always looking for opportunities to laugh. Yeah. And I was raised in a household yeah, where like we were always laughing. My mom's like, she she I think she thinks she's a comedian. So she always trying to, she likes to, just get a reaction out of people. And she's always trying to make people laugh. So I, I was raised around humorous people, just like how um, L.A. Wade said, like, I got that funny auntie too. And so you just learn to to make that a part of your life. And so um, I don't fully know what impression I make on people yet, but um, I, I don't know if I'm that concerned. I just want to entertain people. And so I'm hoping that at the end of the day, people walk away entertained. I believe in you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, girl. Uh, uh, apparently, uh, Dana can hear everybody but me. So, uh, if you would uh, ask, oh, really? yeah, if you could, if you would ask Dana a question. Uh, okay. Um, it's Dana. Um, so mm-hmm. I think that the question it seems like we're answering is about style and about the source of our humor and why we are in the comedic space. Um, 
I just, it's tough to just make out exactly like some of the answers I can hear. So let me just jump in as, you know, where I can. Um, I realized probably last year unequivocally, indubitably that I am a comedian and I've always been a comedian. On that journey, I've taught school and I spent a lot of time kind of hiding and even having tried comedy like almost 20 years ago, I just thought that there were these other forces to bear that I wasn't the right age to be getting started. But that said, come forward in full circle, I spent a lot of time in an organization called Toastmasters and even in there I was speaking and speaking a lot, but I always gravitated toward humor. And what I began to see about the space that I am currently inhabiting is that there's just so much in everyday life. There is a lot in the life of being African-American, which is a specific journey compared to other parts of the diaspora and where we all got dropped off. And so this drop off on this, you know, on this landmass, you know, certainly uh, built a certain experience. And I just, I had found a lot of space in that. And then what kicked off where I am today is dropping lift and just becoming naked and face to face with all types of people dealing with all types of things, just from the fact that everybody has a certain smell. Sometimes it's a good smell. Sometimes it's a bad smell. Sometimes it's a, you know, it's a, a smell of a habit. It's a smell of whatever. And just what, and I love to talk about like what like just human behavior um i recently picked up on the fact that in an attempt to raise my son in not what i would call a race neutral way but in this african-american experience i think having grown up um, a gen xer born late 60s coming of age through the 70s I, it, it feels to me at this point in my life that we were that our color was almost a burden. There was this black power kind of thing, this uh, ethos that we were given, but everything was in the face of, of, of as a burden. And I and I realized that as I grew up, I, I, I wasn't successful in untangling the space. And so it has led to its own comedy of errors in a trying to be black and proud, but then be worried about what they're going to say if I like, you know, so, you know, who might follow me somewhere, you know, whatever you say. So with my child, I thought, okay, well, I want to give him the best of everything. I don't want him to have these very singular ideas about the world based on his, his color, you know, or the culture that, that he is um, a, a rich lineage of. But by the same token, I feel like I've done him a disservice. I was uh, doing an open mic last night and I explained that, you know, as much as those of us in America turn that term as African Americans, you say the race card or my black card. I'm going to lose my black card. I came face to face on my son's 18th birthday with I don't know that he has a black card. And I had to do a survey to check to see if he has a black card because <laughs> if he doesn't, it's my fault. And you know, and if he does have a black card, which one his black card? Because it was uncomfortable dancing. And I, as an African American woman from the South, the one thing that you never want to hear from your your children is, I don't want to dance or I can't dance. Those are two things that, as an African American in this country, we don't want to hear. Like I, I felt like a failure in that moment. I felt like an absolute failure. 
um, when he felt uncomfortable dancing. <laughs> and then, and I don't, I don't expect him to, you know, just he doesn't have to do the whoa, but just this, you know, this this general discomfort. And then I said, okay. So I went on and just kind of said, okay, well, let's just do a little litmus test. Have you heard <laughs> of Prince? He was like, yes. I was like, okay. Name a song. He was like, no. Okay. Um, have you heard of Michael Jackson? Yes. Have you, can you name a song? You know, uh, Billie Jean. I was like, okay, not a great start, but let's see what else you got. <laughs> and he went on to name, more, you know, the popular Michael Jackson. So I felt a bit like a bit of a failure because him not naming ABC or Never Can Say Goodbye means that I didn't play enough oldies, play enough Brooklyn Town in our house. And then I asked the very vital question, uh, two vital questions, one of which he answered uh, affirmatively, which was, have you heard of Aretha Franklin? Yes. Can you name a song? Think. And then I said, okay, have you heard of Mary J. Blige? And the answer was a resounding uh, no. And at that moment, I felt Ooh. like I had absolutely Ooh. failed as a parent. Um, so that for me, my the work that I do on stage, the comedy is a lot about mining the space that I have lived through in my time as a Gen Xer on the planet and the current point of view you know, wherever, wherever I aim it. And so I, everything that I'm, that I can hear about characters are places that I want to get to, but I found through my Toastmasters journey, this niche for kind of looking at how any of us are interpreting the spaces we're in and what we think of that and how we respond and how we then move about the world with those responses. And there's just so much humor. There's so much humor there. Yeah. Wow, wow, well said. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, That's amazing. That was amazing. Yes. Thank uh, you. Um, okay. So, me, myself, I, I always feel, you know, a lot better. Uh, I feel a lot better uh, when I do a lot of public stuff, right? Is how fly I look, right? So, uh, my question I'm start off with you, Danny. Um, when you're on stage, do you want to be fly on stage? Do you want to be dressed down? Like how, like, uh, do you ever, do you ever just like, I'm going to blow them away tonight with, I'm going to wear, or do you just try to kind of keep it, you know, just plain casual? What, what's your thought process? It kind of, it kind of depends on my mood that day. You know, if I, if I feel like dressing down and wearing a Adidas jacket and some jeans and some Adidas, that's what I'm going to do which I generally do, but when I'm, when I'm booked for a show and I'm performing and I'm on a bigger stage, then I usually dress up for that. Do you as wear, long as the heels, you know, that was the next as question. As long as I can get around on them. Heels, sister, sister done put a little weight on. So I'm carrying around a little extra, <laughs> carrying around a little extra, you know, so heels have not been my friend as of recent. <laughs> so I try to avoid heels as much as possible yeah i would think if you're gonna if you're gonna do like uh, a, a pretty long set maybe not the heels you may not want to be in here if you're up there a half hour with heels on if they're not if they're not comfortable heels you hurting in 10 minutes <laughs> <laughs> oh you know you can make that part of your bit I've, where i've come out of my shoes on stage before yeah that's what i'm saying like 10 minutes out. into it you could just <laughs> fling them off right yep sure <laughs> yeah Yep. Yeah. I have a question. But I, you know, but I didn't I didn't I didn't like that I had to, so I just made sure I didn't put myself in that position again. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know how often you do shows, but do you ever feel like you're repeating the same jokes and 
And does it help you just by saying it to, to different audiences? Or do you get bored or caught in your head like, oh, this is not going the way I wanted it to? You ever get caught up in your mind? Well, you should always write jokes. You should always have something fresh. Um, when you first start out, you have to build your set. So you're going to repeat jokes. You're going to repeat them because you're trying to figure out where the punchline is at. Is it at the beginning of the story? Is it at the in the middle, at the end? Like you have to figure out the placement of your jokes and 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 get get your set fluid. Mm-hmm. Um, you you want your set to be fluid and not and not sound choppy. Um, you don't want to go back or you don't want to revert back. If I'm talking about my titties and then I start talking about dating and then my kids, I'm not going to revert back to talking about my boobs. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, you have to, there has to be, you know, some consistency in your set and doing it, doing the same jokes helps with that consistency. Yeah. Now, now once you get that down, you start adding jokes into it and that's how you build your set. So you can start out with a five minute set and, if you're still writing jokes then you should be adding to that five minutes to achieve 10 to achieve 15 and so on and so on so you know your creativity can't stop at your five ten minutes set you know you have to be able to bring something new to the table um you know and even ch- i've changed some of my jokes that i used to deliver them a certain type of way and it didn't work for me but i knew it was a good joke i couldn't leave it alone right. so i just had to figure out how to reword it to, to make it hit, you know? So it's just a lot of wordplay, a lot of figuring out, you know, what works best for you. But again, it all goes back to practice. That's awesome. So, thank you. Now, yeah. I believe Dana is in a relationship. I believe Danny is single as well as Lady Day. Oh, I'm very single. As well as L.A. <laughs> so my question is single. to you ladies, the single ladies, is should a man be afraid that if he starts dating you, he might just end up in your material? Uh, should that be <laughs> should that be a fear? Yes, yes it should. Uh, you, 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 I mean, yeah, go ahead. Personally, I don't. I, I don't talk about who I'm dating. Now, if the shit don't work out and you did something dumb, then yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I but I won't name drop you. You know what I mean. You'll just become a character in my space, if you will. Um, but but no, I I don't set out to look for material when I'm dating somebody. Like if they say something stupid, they just say something stupid. You know, like I like I said, I won't I won't, I won't hold them hold it against them until until necessary. Right. Unless you know if, if it's good material, it's good material. That's right. So. <laughs> You know, but, but, but that's not my, that's not my motivation. Cause that, that I get that question a lot from guys and I'm like, I don't want them to feel that pressure of if they come to my show, I'm a start get going in on them. You know what I mean? I want somebody to do that to me, you know? So I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Uh But, but when it's over, it's but you you break up with me and I liked your ass. (laughs) (laughs) Then it's gonna be a problem. <laughs> Material ass up on stage. I'm gonna give you a name too, so everybody will laugh at your name. So. What, what, what about you, Lady Day? Should, now you can give the social media handle and just fully put them out there, right? Should should a guy, a potential 
uh, person that you may date in the future? Should he be afraid that he may end up in your act? Me? Yes. <laughs> I don't think he needs to be afraid of that. I have used previous encounters in my act because that was kind of the motivation mm. for even trying the comedy. Just the amount of comical things that happen because... You know, you you find it. You, you talk. They talk about Murphy's Law, and I'm like, I feel like Murphy's got a special team on my life because of what's happened in my dating life. But then every woman I talk to kind of feels the same way. Um, but I don't think a guy going forward needs to to worry about that. I've, I I would be respectful of the relationship. I, I'm kind of with Danny. If there's a breakup and there's some real good stuff in there, I might doctor the story a little bit so it's not obvious who it is. But I might have to use it. I I don't know. <laughs> I'm so new at this. I, I haven't even really put it into thought. I have thought about the one particular story I've told that really killed it, like got some really good laughs. Um, I just thought if anybody knows this guy, it might identify who he is. And I'm like, let's just hope none of his peeps are in this audience because <laughs> it just made him look real special. <laughs> and he was. Um, but yeah, you know, but it is what it is. Like, you know, we, we should be able to laugh at ourselves. And I, I laugh at myself as much as I laugh at other people. Hmm. Yeah. I think as long as you're not mean-spirited, you know. Like Absolutely, the, yeah. It's not, ne- it's not coming from negativity. If that shit was funny, then that shit was funny. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. And, and more, of, more of the humor is from the shocking nature of what happens in the encounter. Like, <laughs> it's the thought that somebody would actually think that that was a good idea to say to somebody or do with somebody or like that kind of stuff. Like I I went on, I went on a lunch date with one guy and when he got out of his car, I just thought you thought that was the outfit that was going to impress me. (laughs) I couldn't say that to the man, but I just thought he walked, rolled up on me head to toe green, looking like he came out of Crayola box. I, what was he thinking? Does he have dreads? <laughs> no, no. But he was he was fresh and I think that was part of what influenced his his style. I get it. Okay. Hilarious. Hilarious. Do you know what we mean when we say fresh? Oh sorry, I'm being very <laughs> That's the Caribbean influence. <laughs> I'm talking about. He, he was he was new to Canada from the Caribbean. Like fresh off the boat. Right, right, right. Boat, yeah. Right. Okay, okay. He wasn't just like fresh to death, you know what I mean? Right, well, yeah, that, yeah. No, no, no. I got it. I got it. I, I, I dated uh, West Indians before. <laughs> if I ever get into comedy, I'm going to be doing the translations. I think that's going to be my niche. <laughs> right, right. You could, yeah, you can be the translator for us. Uh, hilarious, though. Um, okay, so mining for material, right? You, is there anything off limits at all? Like, is there any topics that you guys wouldn't touch? Um, or is everything fair game or, you know, what's, what's your mindset about that? Um, I don't know. I really haven't had too many jokes that I've had to be like, Ooh, I mean, and those probably I would run by people. And if they said, Ooh, I just didn't use them. Mm. Um, I, um, I think probably handicap. Mm. It's probably my most that I won't just because I think it's, I think that can be insensitive, right. um, you know, especially because they can't help being born, but being born the way that they are, um, you know, but that also transcends to race because I talk about white people. I mean, 
I talk about Hispanics, but I don't talk about them in a demeaning way. Um, I, I think that certain jokes can be approached in a, in a way that it's not demeaning. Um, but any of those jokes that are questionable, I, I always ask, you know, when in doubt, ask. You know, you always have a friend or something that you can run a joke by, you know, to, to see what they think, see what their opinion is. Or even your your comedy family, you know, once you get into the comedy field, you start meeting other comedians. So whoever your energy is vibing with and whoever you click with, you know, run stuff by them. Um, when I first started comedy, I feel like a lot of comedians reached out to me and, and kind of showed me the ropes on a lot of stuff I didn't know, you know, in regards to, to etiquette and and things that you don't want to do that might rub promoters wrong and that sort of thing. So, you know, it's, it's all a learning process, but I think you should be mindful of all of your material. Um, but, you know, that's, that's kind of a, that's kind of one of those things. Like you never know. Some people might get offended and another audience might die laughing. I mean, I talk about breast cancer. I talk about my experience. But I've had people say, I don't like your breast cancer jokes um, because I have an aunt that died from breast cancer. And I I sympathize with that. Um, However, I'm talking about my experience. And and on the flip side, I I could have died from it. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, you know, I kind of feel like this is my way of expressing and, and educating um, people at the same time, because I mean, I, I could be in a different position had I not found my cancer soon enough, you know, the, the time that I found it. So I'm endeared to to comedy helping me through that process. And if people are super sensitive and I always, I kind of bring it to the stage to where I introduce that I've had breast cancer and I let them know that my titty is not a pity titty. <laughs> this is not a duty I want you to feel sorry for. Um, and I think that that kind of has, doing that has kind of given people the idea that I'm not here to poke fun at breast cancer. I'm here to talk about my own personal experience. So, yeah. I mean, there's ways around everything, but you do have to be mindful. Mm. I like that um, pity titty. That's dope. <laughs> yeah, this, this, this ain't a pity titty, you know? It says pretty titty, not a pity a titty. Here, you know? <laughs> I mean, not the kind of love I'd like, but, you know. <laughs> I like that. I like how breast open you are about it. Being a breast cancer advocate has really has really opened up some doors for me to, to share my story and, and my journey, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's amazing. My mother is a breast cancer survivor, so definitely, uh, you know, as a, you know, someone who supported her as the whole family did through that it's, it's definitely right. tough she's and she's, i talk about dating big dudes yeah um, yeah that's me a good material yeah <laughs> that, that's 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 made me quite popular though all the big dudes like me of course <laughs> of course i go to the meetings i be, I be getting sandwiches and cash apps for sushi and shit and <laughs> it's like hey i go I to get, those meet i, I, I go up, to those I meetings you know, they don't they don't offer me a drink. They feed me. You know, they send me like uh, fry baskets and onion ring baskets at the club. Like, I love it. So, 
I'm not gonna stop talking about fat niggas, so let's just put that out there. I love, I love them. You're, you're giving me some oh, ideas. Boy. I'm like, oh, how can I finagle a, you know? Man, I'm, I'm getting where you can fit in, Lady Day. You know, it's good. Well, the interesting thing is talking about being single has made some people want to put in their resume. So I'm getting some job applications. Yeah. Hey, I'm telling you. You know, sometimes, and it's funny because I, when I started out with those jokes, um, it was it was more of me talking about the, uh, and you can relate to this, Lady Day. Um, um, what is it called? Uh, body having issues with body image, and um, that's that's like a, a thing. You know, I talked to a counselor about that shit. You know what I'm saying? So my my joke around dating big dudes was surrounded around them being overweight and me being insecure about my breast felt like it was a little rela- re- relative like fat dudes have titties too you know <laughs> so I was like hey that's it right there you know I got titties you got titties you know oh, so it kind of stem- it kind of stemmed from that and a lot of people took to it you know so it was like you know what? I'm going to start showing the big boys some love because they don't really get no love out here. So that was kind of like my it, my my niche. And uh, dudes was like, I like that. I like that. So now when I go to shows, it'd be a big dude sitting in the front. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> don't, don't, be, don't be scared they of the know system, getting you know? That's they know they're getting some love. And then they, they send your girl a shrimp basket and I'm straight, you know? <laughs> Shrimp basket. Kinte, can I have a last call with these ladies? Sure, sure. Okay, so I'm going to ask, but I can't, don't do it like this. I need to see them when okay. I'm asking a question. Okay, right. perfect. So we'll start okay. with Kinte. What is your favorite cocktail to drink when you are with someone you're going to get it on with? Hmm. You think about Ooh. your Danny. Um, I don't really quite know how to answer that. Uh, wow. I, 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 wow. Well, you know, I would like to, to congratulate you on stumping me and silencing me for a second, because that's a hard feat. Um, I, I can't say that there is a favorite cocktail. I know that in general, I, in terms of what kind of drinks I like, I, I mean, I, I have learned to appreciate some wine right now, but I'm still like a, I love me all kind of rum. Rum. Okay. What's your favorite rum? From across the Caribbean. Um, what's my favorite rum? My favorite rum is a signature rum from St. Martin called Guava Berry Rum. Oh, I don't know that. It one. is tasty like I don't. Oh, because you can only get in St. Martin. But the nice thing is, if you ever go there, which I love it there, I've been twice. You have to get the signature Guava Berry Rum. And because it's made in St. Martin, it's called. It's considered um, a souvenir. So if you buy more alcohol, you can still bring the guava berry rum as something as your souvenir. So you get to go home with more alcohol. I like this. This is great information. That is making me sound a little like I drink a lot, but that's not the case. I just like me some rum, and I don't go to Saint Martin every five minutes. So I'm like, I need to bring me back something that's gonna last. So because you can stash those, like I can bring two bottles as my souvenir on top of my other stuff, you can get a little bit more of a stash to go home with. I see a trip in our future. Just saying. Mm -hmm. Listen. 
I'm just, I was actually tracking between Puerto Rico and, uh, oh my God, sorry. So there's another rum that I like that I've been encouraged to mention. Um, this one I found out initially in St. Martin. Yeah. And I'll tell the story first. So I'm sitting at the bar and I was in St. Martin in 2015 and it was my bucket list solo trip. So I was like, I'm going to go on a trip by myself. I don't, you know, like I wanted to try that out. So here I am. We have this, I'm, I'm having a great time. And I go um, to the bar and I'm, I'm going to order a drink. And the bartender's chatting with this gentleman and he says, okay, my, the next drink is on me. And he gives him a shot and he says, just tell me what you think. And this guy downs a shot and he's like, ooh, it's so smooth and it's going down my throat so nicely and it, it's delectable on my tongue and he's saying all this stuff. And so then he's like, but what is it called? And the bartender slaps down the bottle and it's called Big Black Dick. Oh my God. I kid you not. <laughs> so this rum, yes, I seen Danny's eyes. That's what the rum is called. So I had to try it. And then I went to Cayman Islands uh, in 2018, and that's where the it's a it, I think it's originally a Dutch rum, but it's known mostly in the Cayman, and that's where you can get it. So I I came home with a bottle of the chocolate BBD, as my friend likes to call it. So that's another one that would the guava berry and the BBD are my rums. Okay, like it, Miss Danny, Miss Redwine, Red Redwine, and in the Cayman. Uh, I, I, I like I like all of it. I don't have a favorite. Um, <laughs> Whatever you say. I turn up. With, I turn up with tequila. I turn down with Jameson. Uh, love red wine. That's my favorite. Um, I uh, I like uh, shots and shit. I like mixed drinks. I like the I like the frozen ones. Those are delicious. Um, mm-hmm. I like uh, mimosas. Uh, like Bloody Marys. Okay. I like all of it. You like alcohol. I'm with you. Okay. When you're with your special person, when you're with your special person or whoever is going to meet up for the night, what do you like playing in the background? Um, well, currently in probably in over like two years, I have not had anyone. Um, so uh, there's that. You have a vibe um, well, you know, I would think if if I had the choice of like my own imaginary man, let's say Idris Elba or Dion Cole or someone, you know, someone delicious. Um, if I could have someone like that, I think I would turn my Pandora on to um, the Erica Badu radio because she got some kind of ba- Baduism and shit that oh. hypnotizes me. In the house, burn an incense. Make a couple shots, you know. I like I it. might have a husband. Okay, there we go. So, Miss Lady Day, what do you that, like? That's, that's my plan. I'm a, I'm a work I'm a work at it. And, and, I love uh, you to slow jams. You know. I'm I'm a 90s girl, so I'm like, you know, I was an 80s 90s girl. I love all the 90s R&B. Um Oh you yeah, know, and the the funny thing is with the age Girl, of technology. That, that 90s R&B, that was some that was baby making music back then. I was Right. Yeah. Right. So girl. now I just I just pick a mix on YouTube and I don't have to move into the, like I don't have to live in the pr- current time. I'm just straight in the 90s listening to that old stuff. Yes. I yeah, like I I love me the the old R&B stuff and that that mm-hmm. that just is totally what uh and I love to sing, so I'm just right there with them. I'm singing like I'm on concert. Oh. I'm on stage in concert with them. 
Are you a screamer or are you are you like you're being muffled? What's happening? <laughs> Wasn't this supposed to be about comedy? Isn't it funny? Uh, what are what are we talking about here? Okay, so maybe so Kinty maybe not didn't explain. Cocktails with LA is a show about me going through my recovery through sex addiction. And it didn't start off as comedy, but it's become very funny to some people. No, he did not say that. <laughs> no, no, no. No, no, no. No, 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 not this LA, show. No, I know, but he, you did not say anything about what LA show was about. And I've heard, he'd asked me if I'd heard about you. I had right. heard about you, but I did not know what your show was about. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. I love it. There it the is. The first time I ever put a big black dick on the stream. <laughs> and and the best joke okay, about that so... rum is that no matter what flavor you buy, it's called big black dick, but it's got a pink lid. So it's got a pink tip. And I'm like, that's not good marketing, people. Like, no, come on, now, be consistent. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what they were thinking. Oh, no. yeah. So why do I not know that LA had a sex addiction? All this time I've been knowing you, I never knew that. Well, I don't. We we didn't. We weren't in the same place because so I couldn't come on to you or anything. But I'm oh, well, I wasn't worried about that. But I think I I know I le- at least showed a booty cheek or something <laughs> on the lab. I I don't recall you showing nothing. I no. Well, I'm like, wait a minute. Hold yeah, on. I know I wasn't a sex addict. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> well, we'll talk later about that. Let's do. I don't need nothing getting my juices going. Okay. <laughs> my, my my little girl been just chilling, just fine. We just gonna leave her alone. She on strike. Just all this mind and business. I get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. What's the next question? <laughs> At least now I feel a little bit prepared for what might come at me. Like, I was just like, straight up, did I like somehow like get moved into a different show? What happened? But so, like, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Okay, so look, we got something we can ask you because I don't think we don't have much time. It's pretty much over. But hopefully, this is a good question for you. Okay. And you won't run away from, from the last one. Is cheating a choice or a mistake? Is it different? <laughs> It's a choice. It's, it's a choice. It's a mistake you make a choice to make. So, Calling it a mistake yeah, doesn't a remove choice. a choice. So it's always it's, a choice. It doesn't remove the responsibility. Yeah, right? no. <laughs> it's always a choice. Very passionate. Kinte, I'm sorry. I've yeah. hijacked your show. No, no, no. This is great. <laughs> well, your show's over. Okay, what's the next question? Yeah, well, I want to. I want to. I want to hear these answers. More questions. Yeah. Okay, let's see what's in here. Larissa, how you doing? Okay. See, Kedra agrees it's a choice. Oh, this is kind of the same kind of question. Somebody was on a, a loyalty tip. It was about loyalty. And by the way, cheating is definitely a choice. Have you ever been squirted on? <laughs> I'm just going to take a sip of my water. Me too. Squirted on, like with the water hose? Um, <laughs> no. Like. You mean, uh, um, you mean like a squirt bottle, like a, a super soaker? Hey. Take me the 
I don't think I have. I don't think. <laughs> How can you not be sure? What what, what kind of? <laughs> he said as in. He said as in. Oh man, this guy. Okay, okay, here. One more, uh, one more and then we'll go. This is rated. Let's move on. Okay, here we go. Um, have you ever hooked up with someone on Tinder? I had a Tinder. No, I, I attempted. I attempt. I tried. <laughs> I went on a date with a guy from Tinder. Yep. We had appies, and it was done after that. Um, but my my approach to Tinder was because it's so easy to. That was the first swipe, left swipe, right thing. <laughs> it, it became like a video game to me, and having the date felt like winning the game. So I, it wasn't even about my own interest in the man. I'm oh, like, no. I just want to get to quite grab a date well, with somebody. See, I wanted to, to see what happens. Yeah, I wanted to get a date. I, I wanted to get a date on there. But, I, you know, my kids told me it was like a hookup site. And then I, like, deleted my whole little, like, profile. So I talked to a few people, but I never met or went out to dinner with everybody from Tinder. So... That's a negative for me. Sorry. I know everyone thinks that comedians have like this rock star life and we do all these drugs and have sex with beautiful people, but that's not true. That shit is a lie. Wait a minute. So I'm How here, many of us are I'm not here to doing this full time? Right now. Like, I have a full time job. This is something that are in the comedy club. Huh? Wait, there's no sex in the champagne room? No, most of the comedy clubs are filled with drunks and assholes. So, mm. um, well, if well you know what, though? If you want a more upscale uh, app, Plenty of Fish is much more upscale. So, oh, so let me tell you a little I'm something about Plenty of Fish. <laughs> One of the jobs I'm, I had I'm, was working as a crisis worker in an emergency department. And so I spent a lot of time speaking with police because they were bringing in people in mental health crisis. And I had some who had, you know, because of coming in a lot, had you know we developed a rapport there was a bit of friendship whatever every last one of them told me don't you dare go on that site and my friend who's a probation officer right. calls it plenty of offenders so just want to offer that out for you know i also know somebody who met her husband lovely guy but for sites as far as sites go i wouldn't go anywhere near that one which one yeah they're like selling vagina <laughs> on plenty of fish what? they're selling vagina wow. um, selling vagina and and butt cheek and pics and videos, they are doing the most of plenty of fish. Wow. wow! I haven't tried online dating yet since my divorce, but I've I- never been on it because I heard so much about it that no I was one. like, I think I'll. Pay. I, exactly. Yeah. Okay. The thing is, people always suggest, oh, why don't you try online dating? Because yeah, it makes you feel like you have lots of options, but. Online dating, going into that, now for me feels like intentionally subjecting myself to sexual harassment. <laughs> because there's so many men who just think it's appropriate to not go, I like your picture, I'd like to get to know you. They just start with what they want to do with my parts. <laughs> oh my God. And I'm like, if you read my profile, you would see I'm an intellect, and that is not the way to hook an intellect. <laughs> right. Wait, it's not? Use your audience ready. Like, right. Uh-uh. It's not. You have to be smart and charming, and then the parts. Right. <laughs> it's not like work, though. That's a lot of work. Yeah, no, I'm just. <laughs> What's with not wanting to do a little bit of work? Men got lazy. What's the shortcut? What's the cheat you code? You think that saying hi on my profile gives you like carte blanche to have 
your way with me? Hell like no. Finding gold in the Atlantic Ocean. You ain't never lie, sis. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm telling you, they say you gotta you gotta kiss a lot of frogs. It ain't nothing but frogs out here. <laughs> it, it ain't no. I, the kings is gone. They either gone. They got wives or husbands, and they are not thinking about our rusty single asses out here. Mm. It's just what it is. You know, we gonna have to learn how to be creative, and you know, find companionship and a pet or something. Like, I don't know what to tell you. It's a sad world out here, and I'm, I'm not here with good news right now. But I'm just saying, oh, I'm keeping hope alive. I'm just realistic. I'm just, God, there's real a with lot you. of nightmares and, out there. And the, and the quarantine is the biggest cock blocker of 2020 ever. Ever. Because ever. you can't go to nobody's house. Um, they don't want you kissing. You got to be six feet away. You can only hit it from the back. I mean, what you going to do? Like, <laughs> you're limited on everything. Wait a minute. You know? If you can hit it from the back and still be six feet away, I'm scared of that man. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. That sounds like a horse. Hey, Lady Day, I'm thinking he got to lean back. I'm, he got to lean back too, you know. Not, not, oh my god! Not only is but listen, you know what I'm saying. He's gonna have to lean back. That's still making that's, some contact. I mean, it's still making contact. That's not physically distant because gloves thing, cause there's a part that ain't distant. <laughs> well, you, might, you better mind you don't end up with a corona coochie. Like, come on now. Oh Watch man. Oh, I know, but see, our 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 goodie treats don't have the capacity to hold corona, so. Lady Day, did you just say Corona pussy? No, I said Corona coochie. I said she better not oh, work. Oh, sorry. Line up with a Corona coochie. No, you say don't have the can't capacity, live but if you go test, your, hey, I, and I'm I'm not saying you can, but just I want to have any episode where Corona, my Corona Corona cannot live in the vagina. I'm about to Google that. It can't I, live I in the vagina. I have not checked it out because I'm not really testing that theory out. Isn't it 85? I want to know. Corona. Uh, wait. Well, well. Um, what's her name? Uh, Alexa. Maybe I should ask her if if it can live there. <laughs> yes. <ask her. laughs> oh my God, that's crazy though. But yeah. Cor- Why it take me right to COVID? Pay? I guess I'm too specific. <laughs> Oh, fully man. googling it. I people are like, people are like, yeah. like, yeah, we. I need I'm to know this. I need to know this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not sexually transmitted. That's for sure. No. So if you wear a, a mask, no, it doesn't. Coronavirus, but if, in the but if your partner has it and, and you kissing them in the mouth, then yeah. Well, you, you just cut out um, foreplay. How about a web search for it? <laughs> you just oh, cut out. No. It says it says the rimming the rimming of the mouth and, and anus. <laughs> Hold on, it says condoms and dental dam can reduce the contact of saliva and, ugh, or feces. Ugh. Okay, washing <laughs> So y'all need to get in the shower before y'all do it. You got to put on a mask and gloves, get it from the back, lean back, (laughs) and then when y'all arrive, you jump back in the shower. (laughs) You have to wash it with soap and water for at least 20 seconds. There is no round two. Round two has to be the next day. Or you can do a distance hand job. Like this. Listen, with all the physical distancing, like 
a wave is going to see more interest in I don't know. You that's that's a problem. Now you got to put on a, a space suit. Or something. <laughs> oh my gosh! Did you see what Larissa said? I can't even repeat that. That is what funny. We get the box eight. Damn, Rona! Wow. Oh. I'm with you, girl. <laughs> oh, uh, but is she funny? Oh says a distant hand job? Question mark. <laughs> Hilarious. Oh my right. god. No, I think you can. I think you can get your box eight with some dental. dental. There you go. See, not only did yep. you find out about these lovely ladies and their comedy, but is we made it educational here at the end. Um, so yeah, LA yes. took us on a, a bit of a detour from the journey I thought we were taking in this conversation. Cultures of a recovering sex addict, and I'm bringing everyone with me. So you okay. just move along. Just your little nasty Corona treats to yourself, <laughs> and then won't nobody, won't nobody get sick. Okay, it's just hold out. Play with yourself, you know. Have yeah. fun. Meow, 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 meow. I, you know, I do that. saw that on your YouTube. I, I nearly dead when I saw that. Hilarious, <laughs> hilarious. Meow, meow, meow. Wow. All right. <laughs> and then on this note, uh, I'm gonna start off with you, Lady Day. How can people get you in social media, and what should we be on the lookout for? I know you have an event coming up soon. Yes. Yeah, so Danny is the feature comic in our next online show on. Friday, May 15th at 8 p.m. So I will send you the details so you can send it out to your peeps, um, to anybody who's on here, because I have yet to figure out how to join the chat session. So Kedra, hi, because I saw you said hi from time, and I didn't know how to type in the hi, because I've never used this platform before. Um, But I am on Instagram, and I just actually recently set it up, because truthfully, I didn't really see myself as a comedian. So I finally decided okay i guess i should have some kind of social handle so at lady day comedy is my um ig account and right now that's it for social media all right all right and we're gonna put this up on. is it screen. just straight at lady day um i believe so i'm gonna double check i have a billion ig accounts so i just gotta double check with this one got some burner accounts okay, i only exaggerate a lot lady yeah it's just lady day comedy all right lady day comedy all right. And what can we expect on that event? So that one is all ladies for that event. Nice. Um, and uh, there's no real theme to it. We're just going to bring some laughs. And for like, Danny, you live in the States, but it's um, the beginning of a, our long weekend here, which the concept of a long weekend during a lockdown is kind of lost because it's the Friday. of. Yeah, the long weekend's early this year. So the 15th is the beginning of the Victoria Day weekend. Um, so we have our long weekend, I think the week before y'all have yours in the States. Um, but what's a long weekend when you're at home all the time anyways? Right. Nobody's packing right. up. Well, I guess some people might pack up and go to the cottage cause they can physically distance over there too, but I ain't got no cottage to go to cause I'm black and, uh, <laughs> I ain't got no trailer and got no cottage. Um, but, um, uh, yeah, so we're just going to have a night where we catch some jokes and, uh, hopefully bring some entertainment to people and break a bit of the monotony that can be being in your house all the time. Yeah. What's the, what's the, what's the man situation in Canada? Like, are there a lot of singles there? Like what's going on over there? So there's, there's men. Um, I've spent a lot of my time single. Um, (laughs) But I think, you know, I have my my concepts of why that is. And and I think part of it is, you know, I'm a thicker lady. 
So, you know, in Jamaica, they like to call you fluffy. So I'm fluffy. And I don't think that all the Canadian men like the fluffy as much. I think the fresher ones do. Um, no, nah, but <laughs> sorry, it's not because you're fluffy. They're trifling. <laughs> Nothing here for you. I, 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 I was trying to be nicer, but you know that 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 might be some of it for some of them too, right? Like I I don't know one. All my male friends, if I had said to them, "Do you have a friend you could hook me up with?" They're like, "No, none of my friends are good enough for you." Mm. Why you got trifling friends? Okay. So then I'm not so off base in saying what I said then. Yeah. There are there yeah. are some nice guys here, I'm sure, but they, they lack uh, an, a masculinity that I want in, in the type of man that I'm attracted to. I need more of an assertion. You like them New York? You like them New York? The but they don't need to be aggressive. Proud. They need to be aggressive. And assertive, yeah. not aggressive, assertive. Like, you know. I do better when I go to the States than I do yeah. on this side of the border. And when I go to the Caribbean, I'm like, I do very well. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't live in the States and I don't, I don't live know. in the Caribbean. Right. I don't know. I would be a terrible girlfriend. So <laughs> it's, it's not going to work out for me right now. I'm not in the space. It sounds fun, but I probably won't like them after three days. At least you can say that because there's other chicks who don't know that who are torturing these dudes <laughs> and then putting it on the dudes. There's no good men out here. No, you straight up cray cray. That's why you're not having good relationships. So at least you know where you might pose a bit of an issue in a relationship. <laughs> yes, Stephanie. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm just, yeah, I'm not ready for all that. No. So well, this like, is great. Are you gonna what wait to wait? Are you gonna wait till like sixty? You gonna be like, all right, I'm ready. I'm ready to jump in this dating pool. Is that what's gonna happen? Maybe, probably a relationship. Oh wow. Okay. What's up, Gary? I don't know. What's your we'll social see. media, Danny? What was that? Your social media handles. Oh, um, I am on IG under uh, at Danny underscore Redwine, and that is a. Uh, D-A-N-Y underscore Redwine. Um, that is my IG. I am on Facebook under Danny Lynn, Danny Redwine. And um, I just opened up my my um, my friends because I had a whole bunch of, I had to go through like my list of friends and like delete all these like duplicate accounts and deactivated accounts. It took me like two days and I think I deleted like 600 people. So I'm starting to get newer you know new people on my page so that's that's been nice i'm connecting with a lot of new comedian friends um and i do snapchat but not very often right. so i'm at underscore uh, red wine one on snapchat and that's about it otherwise you have to look cash at me <laughs> only, what's that cash, only yeah. only fans cash, you know uh that's, that's and yell L red wine if you're feeling generous, you know. Mm-hmm. I like sushi. Uh, now, uh, just uh, just as um, Danny, don't get fed, you know. I'm just just putting it out there. Before we say goodbye, I, I think we've talked about this once before, but people assume your name is a um, is a stage name, right? But that's your real name, right? Who me? Yeah, my real name. Danny I was Roman. I was born Danielle Lynn Redwine. Yeah, so that yeah. Yes. Cause I thought it was a stage yeah. name at first. I was like, "That's that's, that's not your name." And you were like, "No, that's my name." 
So that, no, so I had to hear that song all my life. Red, red, red one, red. you make me feel so fine. <laughs> yeah, people are not creative. I had to hear that shit all of my life. It almost got me in a couple fist fights, you know? <laughs> and then my mom, my mom had the, my mom was going to name me Brandy, y'all. Oh no! Oh, no. no. That's not cool. You're gonna show up in my. Girl, if I'm gonna name me Brandy. Brandy, Brandy I, I feel like you know. Brandy, I named champagne. Brandy, I named champagne. Red sounds like a stripper name. It does kind of. Now featuring champagne. Low key. Like, wait, what kind of club was that? I thought this was a comedy club. I thought me. this was a comedy club. <laughs> I'd have to come out on stage drunk being Brandy Redwine. Like, <laughs> <laughs> All right. And uh, LA, how can we get you in social media? And tell us about your show. Another episode drops tomorrow, right? Yeah, another episode drops tomorrow. You probably get it at midnight on YouTube. Please subscribe. You know, like, share, comment, all of those things. Everything is Cocktails with LA. It's E-A-L-E-S. And it's an adventure. Every show is different. And people tell me things. I don't know why they just tell me things, but they do. And I love to listen and I love to share it with everyone. So Cocktails with LA. Tune in every Wednesday or whenever you want to just binge watch. There's a lot of good stuff there. A lot of wonderful shows that she's done. Um episodes where you know some of it i was pretty surprised how'd you get these people to to tell you these things that they tell you but uh it's very entertaining and uh tomorrow is it tonight at midnight or is it tomorrow night at midnight midnight eastern standard time okay okay so you, oh, that's the newest episode. Yeah. uh well she did them i just uploaded it just yeah yeah it. It does it all the time. What you talking about? Some dirty down, low down, dirty stuff? I'll be in there. Where you going? I was just going to say, Danny's Danny's on. Larry Flint Flint blushed when he saw the episode. So that's all I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) But no, they're very good. It's very entertaining. Which ones you pick? They have different stories. Some are funny. Some are not so funny. Some are just like clips where I can grab somebody who's willing to do a conversation. It's just a lot of fun. People, and we just... We just find stories that are common for everybody. There's humans, human nature in all of us. So just like comedy, when you start telling those stories, you're going to relate. It's very, I don't know if y'all remember a show back in the day called Real Sex that was on HBO. And then they would do these interludes where they'd be like, where they interview couples and stuff. And and, um, it kind of has that kind of vibe to it, the, the interlude part. That's what I remember the Punani poets from. I remember that too. The Punani poet, yeah. yeah remember yeah. the Punani poets? I remember that. It was a great show, I was by like, the way. I want, I want to go to one of them shows. Are they still around? I believe so. I believe I've they never are. heard of it. Yeah, the Punani poets. You've yeah, never yeah. heard of the Punani? I'm just, and Ella, you oh, might appreciate that. I'm appreciating the American that. pronunciation, Punani. <laughs> it makes it sound all proper. We would say Punani. Like, well, yes, Punani. Yeah. But listen, but listen, LA, you would probably like it. It's it's basically spoken word, and there are beautiful black naked people acting out the poem. Oh my goodness, I I have to. Yeah. Find it. and the poem is pure erotica. I so love you can it. like, yeah, and and it's beautiful black people. Like, I mean, they are doing their thing. They damn near having sex on some of the sets. Like. <laughs> It is very, it is very warm. It makes you very warm. 
very warm. The coronavirus cannot exist because I'm be 85 degrees higher. Right. There you go. All right, you yeah. can you can give me a Kente F on um, Twitter. Uh, yeah, Nicole said she remember the Kanani poets. Yeah, they were dope. They were, yeah. Uh, Kente Ferguson. You better have a man. You better have a man close by. That's all I gotta say. If you watch the Poonanny Poets, you can probably get it on YouTube. Yeah, I'm gonna even look it yeah. up. Uh, and uh, uh, Kente Ferguson on Instagram and indyradio.org is the website. I n d y radio.org. Um, I know I'll probably be streaming sometime this rest of the week, so uh, I'll you know it'll just be out there. But I want to thank everybody for participating. Uh, it's, I'm so sorry that uh, Dana couldn't participate. Um, there was an issue with her audio, and um, but you know she's a fantastic up and coming um, uh, comedian. And, uh, you know, she's a funny lady. And also, if you follow her on Instagram, she's teaching people how to master chess. And it's pretty, pretty awesome. So uh, so definitely check her out. With all that said, I want you guys to have a great rest of your week. Stay safe and God bless you. Thank you. Thank you, ladies. I'll see you all. Lady Day. I will see all you right. at the next show. And L.A., I'm going to make sure I, I follow you on social media. Yes, Danny, you too. I'm following you on uh, Instagram.